And uh, when I first started this series, actually I was planning on it just being a four-part series. But as I said last week, I have gotten uh, so much response of, of many of you that have said you're so thankful for us kind of uh, uh, learning what the Bible says about relationships, learning about what the Bible says about uh, our home and uh, how to relate with one another. And uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just overwhelmed by it. So I've, just, I've decided we're going to continue this series all the way through Father's Day because we don't want to leave the dads out. We've been hard on a lot of others. We've got we to love the dads too. Amen? Come on. Yeah, that's right. Come on. How many of you are thankful for dads? We'll just get a jump on Father's Day. Come on. Let them know. We love you guys. All right. Dads, you can raise your hands too. But uh, we're just uh, excited. I promise not to take too long this morning. I know that you just came for the cupcake, cupcakes, basically, but uh, uh, you're going to put up with me for just a minute. But I, I just have to say, what a, what a beautiful time of worship. And, and uh, I, I, I got word this morning that uh, one of the praise team uh, uh, lost their voice, so they asked if I could sing. What a privilege it was to just be here and, and leading worship and being a part of it. Can we just thank God for his presence in our midst this morning? Come on. Let him know. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk about, in this part five of Bless This Home, resolving conflict. How many of you would just be honest, say, Pastor, at least one time in my life, I've had an argument. Just raise your hand. At least one time, all right? The rest of you, I'll have an altar call in just a minute, and we'll, we'll address lying, okay? And... Uh, uh, so I don't, I don't think any of us have ever have made it through unless you unless you can't talk yet I think you've probably had an argument even if you can't talk I'm gonna tell you something my kids knew how to argue before they ever knew how to talk amen if they thought it was mealtime and I didn't think it was mealtime or mom didn't think it was mealtime it didn't matter what we thought they were gonna let us know to them it was mealtime and we better feed them now amen huh how many of you know even your dogs can argue with you about mealtime right and so we got to know that arguments and conflict Man, they happen everywhere, not just in the home. And so just like many of the sermons that I've been sharing, uh, you have to know that uh, uh, whether you're applying it to your home or to your marriage or to your relationship with your children or your parents, your grandparents, uh, it, it can, these, these are universal principles from the Word of God that cross over into our workplace, that cross over into our, our, our public life, that, that cross over into really every relationship that we have. And last week we looked at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, verse 1 and 7, which told us there was a time to speak and a time not to speak. Today we're, we're looking at, we're going to pull out verses, verse 5, beginning with 1 though, there is a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven. And then it says there's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. If you've ever read that, if you ever wondered what what are we talking about there? What, what is it that, that, uh, that uh, the writer was, was speaking of in, in collecting stones and, and, and gathering them? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But before we do that, let me just give you uh, uh, just some observations on conflict. Because uh, here's what I know. Everyone has conflict. You know, everyone, everyone has moments where uh, something's going on in their life and, and there's a disagreement and, or there's an argument or, or there's a, an impasse somewhere and it, it just happens. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down and understand right off the top, conflict is unavoidable. And you know what, that's, that's okay. That's, that's not a bad thing. In fact, conflict is actually a good thing. And that may sound a little bit weird to you. 
And I'm going to talk about that. In fact, we're going to kind of camp out right here for just a little bit, if that's okay. And uh, I might spend a little bit longer just right here on this point than any other one in the sermon. But uh, Because I want you to understand that if you are having conflict in your home, then you're just like the rest of us. Because all of us, at one time or another, have had conflict in our home. Amen? And, and if you're having conflict at work, you're not alone. If you're having conflict at school, you're not alone. We all go through that. And, and I think that perhaps sometimes we come to church and, and we look at that perfect family. I don't want you to point at them or look at them, but everybody's like, oh, yeah, that perfect family. They're so happy, and, and uh, they've, all, they've got it all together. And a lot of times they think that that's the way uh, the, the, the pastor's life is. You know, well, he's a pastor, so he must have it all together. No, no. We all have conflict. We all have arguments. But just in case you, you, you think that that perfect family has it all together, I brought along a little video to kind of give you some insight on what they may be going through, all right? So watch this. There's that perfect family right there. Hey, you just lay out their clothes because it takes me five minutes. That's perfect. Seriously. (laughs) Jack. Well, we're already late for church. Hey, Brian. Go get yourself dressed. Did you pick up my stuff from the dry cleaners? Uh, Oh. I'm gonna make you waffles. Not a sandwich. Yes, but you gotta make it by yourself. Jack. Okay. That's all I could find, and the zipper's broken. All right, I'll go grab a safety pin. I have the high score. Anna, what are you doing? That's great, sweetie, but go get dressed. I need you to stay still, okay? Honey. Everybody needs to eat. Here you go. Here you go. Okay, here you go. I forgot my shoes. Oh. Honey, we gotta go no. back. <laughs> Jack, 
off my shoes? Nobody's taking off their shoes. And I want everybody to understand that we're <gasps> what? We made it. Yep. <laughs> That's your cue to tell the family sitting right in front of you, you're not perfect, you just think you are, all right? Would you just tell them that? And then look back at them and say, you're not perfect either, just in case you were wondering. So you got problems, I've got problems, all God's children's got problems, amen? And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And I want you to know that, that God has answers in his word about how we've resolved this stuff. And I want you to know right off the, right off the bat that conflict is actually a good thing. Now, let me just give you a caveat to that, and I want you to write this down somewhere. There, it all begins with trust. The first thing you have to do is you have to begin to build trust, because if you do not trust your, your spouse, if you do not trust your kids, if you do not trust your coworker, then when you get into a conflict and they say something to maybe, to maybe give you some advice or to give you uh, uh, some, something that you might disagree with, then you, you won't know really whether they have your best interests at heart. So conflict means that, that I, I trust you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work through this and I, I believe that we can make it to the other side. Are you with me so far? So conflict, actually, it, it means that, that growth is happening. Nothing can move forward without friction. Look at it this way. Friction creates energy. Friction uh, creates energy, and energy creates growth, and growth creates stronger relationships. And you can only coast for so long. You understand that, right? So friction is something that's actually a good thing. Friction can spur you into stronger relationships. You can't go down the road. You can only coast for so long. You've got to have an engine under the hood that's going to make you go. Well, that engine has sparks flying. It has pistons rubbing. It's got things going on all inside there. The rubber has to grab a hold of the road and have friction there to make you go forward. All of things, these things happen in order for progress to take place, in order for you to move forward in your relationship. Friction can also stop you from making huge mistakes. A couple years ago, we took a, a trip out west in a motorhome, and uh, we pulled our car along behind us and, uh, so that when we stopped places, we could, we could run around in the car and we wouldn't have to take the motorhome, and, and uh, we were so excited about it. It worked out great, and it never really even crossed my mind uh, to put brakes on the tow dolly because I had towed many things to Florida and back, and, and it was no big deal. So, but we were actually going to uh, Colorado Springs, and we were going into the mountains, and uh, you know everything was going great until that one day we were actually heading home, and we were on the highway, and we were coming down this really, really, really long hill, and the motorhome began to coast just slightly over the speed limit, so I applied the brakes. And it stopped, it slowed down a little bit, 
and then it began to speed up again. So I began to apply the brakes a little bit more and a little bit more, and the motorhome went faster, and it went faster, and I pushed a little harder and a little harder, and it went faster, and it went faster. And how many of you know that Pastor Phil had a panic attack right then? I'm going, oh, dear Lord, this is not good. And I saw in front of me there were cars. I was on a highway, but there were cars where if I come up behind them, I couldn't go in this lane because I would hit them. I couldn't go in this lane because I hit that. And let me tell you, you were probably wondering when we came back from our vacation from Colorado Springs, why I just seemed like I was a little more closer to God and a little more spiritual. It's because my prayer life catapulted that day. And I was like, never, ever let this happen again. Well, obviously, I'm here and I made it. And from then on, we were very careful to check the map and make sure we were going on roads that that would never, ever happen again. And if I ever go on another trip, I'm going to make sure I have plenty of brakes. We have a small travel trailer now, and uh, it's not nearly as heavy as the motorhome, but I made sure when we got it, it has its own set of brakes. And when I touch the van brake, the trailer almost stops the van. So here's what I want you to know. Friction sometimes will stop us from doing something really, really dumb. Amen? Tell the person beside you, you need a little more friction in your life. Huh? Come on. You need a little more friction. There's some things that maybe you should have had some break. How many of you, how many of you have been in an argument? You've actually thrown up your hands and said, ho, 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 pump the brakes just a little bit, huh? Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit gives us that energy and that help and that hope to move forward when we need to move forward. And he gives us the friction of the brake pedal to stop us when we need to stop and slow down. The scripture there is in John chapter 16, verse 33. It says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Can I just tell you something? My goal this morning is that all of you would have peace with God and peace in your relationships around you. And that's exactly what God wants for us. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Watch this. In this world, you will have trouble. Circle that word, will. Underline that word. Everybody say, will. Not might, not could. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Conflict is unescapable. It's unavoidable. But here's what I say. In the middle of conflict, you need to understand that the great commandment still applies. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So I want you to write this somewhere down in your notes. I have the right to my opinion, but as a Christian, I don't have the right to be mean about it. I have the right to my opinion because everybody that has a nose has an opinion, right? Everybody has an opinion. And so we have, to, we have a right to have an opinion. What we don't have a right to do is to be mean about it and get mad at you because you don't agree with me. Because listen, you're going to have arguments. You're going to have conflict. You're going to have disagreements. It's unavoidable. But our, God's goal is that through it all, you will have peace because you take heart and overcome through Christ Jesus himself. Can I go to get a man on that? Come on. All right, the second one, if you're taking notes, unresolved conflict leads to crisis. Perhaps you've wondered sometimes why so many bad things have, are happening to you. Maybe 
God is trying to sharpen you. Maybe God is trying to get your attention. Maybe God is saying, listen, you have got to resolve this conflict in your life. You've got to work through this conflict. How many of you ever seen an axe grinder? Someone sharpening an axe on a grinder? Isn't that cool? And the sparks are flying and, you know, it's, it's like stand back because something's happening here. I'll tell you what's happening. That blade is getting sharper and sharper and sharper. And in that friction, in that conflict, in that moment, you know, it might not feel, if you were that axe blade, it wouldn't feel very good, would it? But be, the outcome is you are sharper, you are stronger, you are ready to do what you were purposed to do. Are you with me so far? So the verses in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: as iron sharpens iron... So one man sharpens another. One woman sharpens another. So crisis is unavoidable. Unresolved conflict leads to crisis. And crisis demands a change. That's your third one. Write that down. Crisis demands a change. You can only live in that place of crisis, in that place of conflict for so long. You can only handle it for so long. What I'd love for you to do, if you haven't been through this whole series together, there's four other sermons that we've preached on this whole subject, and what I'd love for you to do is go back on the website and and watch those, because what we've been learning from the Word is God has a plan for all of us to resolve this conflict, to make it through this crisis moment, to become stronger through it, to become more like Jesus in all of it. And that is God's plan for every one of us. In fact, God's plan is that we will grow. And the only way we're going to grow is if there's some crisis, if there's some conflict, if there's some friction, right? Look what it says in 1 Peter 1, beginning with verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had suffered grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, in glory, in honor, when Christ Jesus is revealed. Wow. So here's what I'm going to do. I just want you to bow your heads for a moment. I'm going to ask that that will actually take place today. Would you do that? Lord, I pray in these moments that you would be revealed in us. I pray, dear God, that you would show up in your glory. Lord, that you would, you would show us your ways because your ways are perfect. Our ways are flawed. Many times when we're in a mess, it's because we made the mess. We're trying so hard to figure out a way to get out of that mess. But Lord, you as our helper can can come alongside us and take us by the hand and give us wisdom and help and hope through your word and through direction of your spirit. I pray for the next few moments you would just help your word come alive in us Help us to see that you are the source of joy, of hope, of peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Everybody say amen. 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 Let me give you what I see as some sources of conflict. And you have to know the Bible is very blunt. In fact, more specifically, Pastor James is very blunt. (laughs) If you want to just have some truth and you want it straight, 
you just go to the book of James and you listen to what he says to us as a church. And I love James because he was a pastor. He had a pastor's heart. He loved us. He loved his church. He loved the church. He, he understood, though, that because I love you, I've got to be blunt. Because I love you, you've got to understand there are some truths that you need. There are things that you need to understand in order for you to be victorious in this Christian life. And that is why Jesus died. He didn't just die to forgive us of our sins. He died. His blood goes deep enough that we may have victory in the name of Jesus. Amen? We may live a victorious life throughout this world. Amen? And so that is God's plan for us. That is his hope for us. So look what it says in James chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from, watch this, your desires that battle within you? Uh-oh, he just, he just started meddling right there. He went from preaching to meddling. Now he's blaming me for my own problems. <laughs> I remember John Maxwell used to say, if you could kick the person in the behind that causes most of your problems, you wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. <laughs> oh, you got that one, all right. Look what he said. What causes all this stuff among you? And, you? and you probably wanted to stop right there so you can explain it. Well, he said this and she said that. And then, and then I went over and I, I tried to make it better. And it, it, it got even worse. And uh, we, we had a situation like that just this week. It was kind of interesting because on the, on the way, we, we, the whole family went to Kings Island on Friday and, and had an awesome family time. My oldest daughter, Jessica's up visiting with us. And, and the whole way to Kings Island, I'm like, hey, guys, could you like start an argument so I can settle it? I need an illustration for Sunday. I, I need something. I need something to talk about. So come on, quit getting along so good, all right? And they wouldn't listen to me, so I, you know, I didn't really have anything to. And then I'm walking uh, down uh, one of the one of the main thoroughfares there in Kings Island, and all of a sudden the whole back of me is soaked, and I hear screaming. And I turn around, and here's this girl that's got a hold of this guy's collar, and she is going at him, and he's backing up and saying, oh, no, no, I didn't mean to. And she's pulling, I mean, the collar is stretched out like this. I mean, I thought it was going full-on fist fight. I mean, it was going crazy. I'm going, oh, now we've got something right here. <laughs> I, can, I can talk about that. Thank you, Lord. I, you know, I, I needed something just kind of liven up, you know, keep them awake and all that. And, and apparently, just... Just, just, to, just to see how petty we are. Apparently, the guy whom she had a hold of the collar had accidentally stepped on her boyfriend's foot. And he turned around and said a few choice words. And, and uh, the guy said a few choice words back. And I didn't mean to. Yes, you did. And you stepped on my foot on, foot on purpose. No, I didn't. And, and, you know, and, and, and I can't repeat what they were saying, obviously. But, but it wasn't pretty. And then his, his little girlfriend decided she'd had enough. And she gets between him and grabs a hold of his collar. And she was ready to take him down. You stepped on my boyfriend's foot. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, I mean, it was on. Thankfully, the security showed up. And everything was okay. And... Uh, <laughs> It was, it was very interesting. But, so sometimes somebody else has got to step in and do the resolving, right? But the sources of conflict a lot of times is yourself. Now watch this. If the guy who had stepped on the foot of the other guy, when the other guy had turned around and said, you stepped on my foot, you know, you crazy person. If he would have said, oh man, my bad, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. But, you know, he went, no, I did. I, that wasn't on purpose. You, you need to get over it. You know, and then, and then it just starts and it starts and it starts. And that's what we do. We, we, are so, we are so dead set on being right that we end up being wrong. Hello. 
I think I need to say that again. Sometimes we are so dead set on being right that we end up being wrong. You know you can be right and still be wrong, huh? What did I say? Everybody has a right to their opinion. You don't have a right to be mean about it. So if you start being mean about your opinion, even if you're right, you're wrong. And so the source is not that person. The source is me. And the Bible says you wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities of the air. You're not fighting with your wife. You're not fighting with your husband. You're not fighting with your kids. The enemy is up in the, up in the heavenlies, stirring it up and saying, you're right and you need to tell them. You're right and you need to tell them. Don't back down. You look like a fool. Don't back down. They'll think you're weak. You're right. Just get them. Get them. Get them. And he's over here telling the other person, no, you're right. You tell them. You get them. You get them. You get them. And so we listen to him instead of listening to the Holy Spirit. Says, Paul. Hold up, put on the brakes, because this is going to be a mess. How many of you know that relationships have completely been severed because they refused to listen to the Holy Spirit, and they just were going to be right even if they were wrong? Come on. So what's James says? You've got to stop that stuff, because the problem is, if I'm being honest, the problem is you. Now, I know you didn't come to church for Pastor Phil to tell me that you were the problem, But that's what I'm telling you because it's in the Bible. Amen? <laughs> Don't they come, watch this, from your own desires, your desire to be right, your desire to look good, your desire to not have egg on your face, so to speak, those battles within you. You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. What a mess. Says the cause of conflict comes from those competing desires. I want this, and you want that. I'm right, and you're wrong. Let's go. Right? All right. So how does that happen? If you're taking notes, write this down. A lot of it comes from our own expectations expectations of ourselves and expectations of others. I read this somewhere. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So I have this hope in my heart that something great is going to happen. I have this hope in my heart that this big vision I have is going to take place. And even if it is, but it doesn't happen soon enough, we still get upset. We still get angry. We have a vision for our spouse, or we have a vision for our kids. But maybe it's not happening as quick as we want it to happen. And God says, you know what? I, it's going to happen, but time, my timing is perfect, and yours is not. But we get impatient, don't we? In families, in business. That's why there's got to be clear definitions of expectations. And that's why we must be very careful with our words. Because a lot of times, we lash out on someone. And we make it all about them when, honestly, it's really all about us. In fact, the experts will tell you the best way to start a conversation is not like this. You hurt my feelings. You know why? That's accusatory, and it's probably going to turn into an argument, and it might turn into a crisis. What you say is, I know you probably didn't hurt, mean to hurt my feelings, but let me tell you how that made me feel. And I make it about me. And I'll be honest. So I'm not telling you not to address it. I'm not telling you to not talk about it. I'm telling you to be honest. 
and make it about me. Because James says, if you really look in the mirror, the problem is me. Are you with me? So turn those expectations around to myself. I am going to be full of the Spirit, and I'm going to let the, be, the Spirit be the one that drives my conversation. Secondly is arguments, of course. Had to write that one down. Some people are just argumentative. They're always fussing about something. That's just the way they are, you know? The wife says, husband, what's on the TV? The husband says, uh, dust, I think. Would you take that? That's the wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. Mo- mo- Here's what I found. Most arguments are petty issues. And you know when they happen? When we're tired and when we're sick and when we're frustrated. If, you're, if, if you come home tired and you're out and you're feeling a little spit sick, can I just give you some advice? This, this is in uh, Philippians <laughs> chapter 3. Just go to bed. Just go to bed. Don't try. Just go take a nap. Go take a nap. Then you can talk about stuff. Amen? Don't bring your problems home. Most arguments are just, are just petty. And then, if you're writing this down, the next one is outside influences. Outside influences. You've got the in-laws. You've got the outlaws. <laughs> the Bible says, leave your father and mother and cling to your spouse. Be careful of the opposite sex. Don't explain it away by saying, oh, we're just friends. We're just hanging out. No, no. Set up boundaries. Don't allow those outside influences to come in. Because what happens if you're not careful, you're going to start breeding insecurity and jealousy. It's going to begin to con- cause conflict. On the other hand, be careful not to control the other person in your relationship. Be careful that you understand what are your issues and what are their issues. And sometimes they're just being who they are, and your issues are, you're just way over the top. And so you're, you're projecting your issues on that person. Are you with me? So you've got to be really careful about those outside influences and what we do with them. And what happens is it, it'll force us away from each other. It'll force them away from you. It'll hurt your kids. It'll hurt your relationship. So what time is it? It's time to gather stones. What in the world do you mean by that, Pastor? That's an interesting statement. Well, it comes out of the story of Jacob in Genesis chapter 31. Let me just give you a little background. Jacob came to Laban, wanted to marry his daughter Rachel. And Laban said, if you work for me for seven years, you can marry her. So he did. Long story short, he worked seven years. And Laban said, oh, I was just kidding. I meant Leah. And so uh, you can have Leah. And, and so it's like that didn't make sense. And so already we got conflict. Amen. Have you read the Bible? There's a lot of conflict in the Bible. Amen. And so he works another seven years. And so now he's got two wives. How many of you know it, it's hard enough with one? Now we got two. How many, how many know conflict in that house, huh? And they're arguing over who's having the kids and who gets to have, who's doing this. And I mean, it, it was a mess. And then uh, the whole argument over wages, if you've read the story of Jacob, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And so he comes to him and says, you don't have to pay me. If you'll just let me remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted along with the black sheep, 
give these to me as wages. And Laban said, oh, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I'll do that. And then Jacob figured out how to feed them in a certain way. So most of the sheep were speckled or striped. And so that those would get to him. And he's making himself rich in, uh, uh, you know, on, on Laban's. Uh, and then the brother-in-laws get, get mad at him. And they're like, wait a minute, this isn't fair. You know, Jacob is, is stealing from our dad. And, and, and you, Jacob ends up running away. Now that is a quick Cliff's notes of a crazy story, isn't it? There's a lot of conflict going on here. So what does Laban do? He chases Jacob down, and he's prepared for a fight. He's prepared to go all out. But in the middle of it, go back and read the story. They agreed to settle the issue and move on. And I want to pull out a verse from Genesis 31, 46 where he said to his relatives, gather some stones, underline that, gather some stones. So they took stones and piled them in a heap, and they ate there by the heap. That gathering stones is a picture of, of piling all of my issues, and all of my hurts, all of my conflict and all of my baggage. And you say to your spouse and your kids, your coworker, whatever it is, we're going to build an altar with those things. Instead of throwing stones, we're going to build an altar of stones. We're going to gather them. And in the middle of it, we're going to have fellowship. We're going to eat there by the heap. And we're going to put it behind us. Are you with me? The best thing you can do with baggage is throw it away. Put it on the altar of God. So I guess what I'm saying is this. In the middle of conflict, which we will all have, we have got to learn to allow God to settle that conflict. I mentioned earlier that Paul said, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities of the air. Personalize that. I want you to say this in your mind. Whoever it is that you've got in mind that you're in conflict right now, I wrestle not with my spouse. But this is a spiritual attack. I wrestle not with my kids. This is a spiritual attack. Come on. This is the enemy doing everything he can to get me to break the commandment of loving my neighbor as myself. Hello. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take all of those issues that I can't figure out how to settle anyway, and I'm going to put them in a pile and build an altar to God and worship there, allowing God to do great things. So what does that mean? If you're taking notes, write this down, the first one. In gathering stones, I've got to acknowledge my own mistakes. I've got to recognize that I have a role in this. And, and I'll be honest with you, I've been there and I've done that. That's a hard thing to do. Because we're proud. <laughs> and we're right. And we want everybody to know we're right. And we want to tell everybody the story about how we're right. And we want them to agree with us that we're right. 
And then if they don't agree with us so that we're right, now we're fighting with them because they don't support us because they don't agree with us and they think the other person's right. Well, if you think they're right, then you like them more than you like me. Now you're mad at two people. Come on, the madness, the madness, right? And so you go to someone else and you tell them the story and they go, well, you're not right. They're right. What do you mean they're right? I thought you loved me, right? Well, I do love you, but you're wrong. Now you've got three people you're mad at. And if you'd have just gone to the regular person and gathered some stones and admitted and acknowledged your own mistakes, maybe it wouldn't have been a mess where your whole family and your whole neighborhood and every coworker you have is mad at you and you never did anything to them. They're just agreeing with that other person. Come on. Am I just talking to myself up here this morning? This is where we live. And Jesus knew that. And even though he boiled it down to loving your neighbors yourself, he gave us all kind of scriptures on how we do that. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So everybody say all. all. Now turn to, turn to the person beside you and say, that means you. I just want you to know. That means you. Everybody. Everybody. Pastor Phil, everybody has sinned. And every one of us falls short of God's glory. I'm not God. And you're not God. Thank God. Because I know me, and I know you. So just say this with me. I'm not God, you're not God, thank God. You ready? I'm not God, you're not God, thank God. Come on, say it a little bit louder. I'm not God. You're not God. Thank God. Now you got to point at somebody. I'm not God. You're not God. Thank God. How many of you glad the person you just pointed at is not God? Huh? Come on now. We'd be in a world of hurt right now, right? We're all in the same boat. We're just one beggar leading another beggar to the bread, right? Sometimes Jesus just has to take a two by four and hit us over the head with it, right? To get our attention. In fact, Jesus said, take the two by four out of your eye, <laughs> right? Before you talk about the little needle in someone else's eye. Come on. You got to acknowledge your own mistakes. You, what are we doing? We're building an altar of stones. We're going we're gonna to start resolving this conflict. We're going to take some responsibility, right? The second one, if you're taking notes, abandon my right to get even. Oh, oh. Do you know why? that almost every movie that comes out in Hollywood is about getting even? Because we love to see people get theirs, right? We love that. Yeah, get him, get him, get him. Yeah, it was him, it was him, it was him. Yeah, get him, get him, get him. We've been watching Columbo. Come on, Columbo, you can do it. You can figure it out. We already know who did it, but we know you can figure it out. Come on, get him, get him, get him, right? We like to see everybody get, and you know what? That's the way we're, that's the way we're built. We want to see them get theirs. We want to see them, we want to see them Get what's coming to them. Come on, get them, Lord. Get them, Lord. Yeah, sick them, Lord. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. I knew they, I knew they'd come around and get them. Yeah. Oh, man, I'll just do it, right? Call somebody. Hey, guess what? <laughs> Remember how we talked about that last week? Wait a minute. The Bible says don't gossip. So you've never done that before, right? You've never, you've never. Uh, and by the way, yes, this is a phone. This is pre-cell phone phone, all right? <laughs> This went by the wayside when flip phones disappeared, right? It's like, anyway, I heard a joke about the church gossip. 
We've got to be careful about demanding our rights and getting even. Let me read it to you. It says, Things aren't always as they seem. Sarah, the church gossip and self-appointed arbiter of the church's morals, kept sticking her nose into other people's business. We're so glad we have no one like that at Cap City Church. Amen? Amen. They all go down to the church down the street. Anyway, whatever one that is. I didn't say what street. You guys are laughing way too hard. I did not say what. There's a lot of streets in the city of Columbus, all right? Don't come to me after church and say, I know what church you were talking about. It was just a joke. That's all it was. It was just, Pastor David, it was just a joke. All right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm moving on. Kept sticking her nose. I'm not going to say that. It it wasn't bad. It just, I'm going to be nice. Several residents were unappreciative of her uh, activities but feared her enough to maintain their silence. She made a mistake, however, when she accused George, a new member, of being an alcoholic after she saw his pickup truck parked in front of the town's only bar one afternoon. She commented to George and others that everyone seeing it there would know what he was doing. George, a man of few words, stared at her for a moment and just walked away. He didn't explain it. He didn't defend it. He didn't deny it. He said nothing. He just walked away. Later that evening, George quietly parked his pickup in front of Sarah the gossip's house and left it there all night. (laughs) Don't do that. That's the opposite we got to let go of our right to get even. we got to let go of that. Because God, here's what I learned a long while ago. God is the great vindicator. He'll take care of it. You just need to leave it in his hands. Now, when I was at Kings Island, I could have got between those two and got right in the middle of it. Two things kept me from it. Number one, there was a riot at Kings Island two weeks ago, and I didn't want that to happen. So as many, the least people we can have, the better, right? Uh, And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Secondly, he was not hitting her. She was hitting him, and he was bigger than her, and he was getting away. So I figured he can handle this. Let's let it resolve. And then the security showed up, and they took care of it, right? But a lot of times we're so ready to just get in there, be right, that we make it even worse. So what I did do is quietly walk up behind the security person and told him my story quietly in his ear while they were over there talking. And he just kept looking forward, and I just talked in his ear behind. I said, this is what I saw. This is what she did. This is what he did. When I was done, he turned around and said, Thank you. I said, you're welcome. And I stepped back. And so they came to me a little bit later, and they said, can you tell us again what you saw? But one of the parties walked with them. I said, yes, let's walk over there, and I'll talk to you. Because I wasn't trying to get anybody in trouble. I was just going to say what I saw and let it happen out. I, I had no skin in the game. Are you with me? 
But we get so caught up in being right. And what if I'd have said, no, no, that's not what happened. And then I become an issue. And now I couldn't come to church today maybe because I would, maybe I would have been somewhere else telling somebody what happened. I don't know. Look what Paul says in Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. That comes under the, the, the topping or the heading, enough said. Just do that. And then number three, apply God's grace to my relationships. The same grace that he applied to you, apply that to them. Until you are perfect, don't expect them to be perfect. You know that's going to be never, right? So just put your notes down for a moment. I just want to speak into your heart. Some of you are sitting here going, man, this, I want this. I just, I just can't seem to get along. And maybe it's just because you've just taken things into your hands, own hands for so long that you just, you just can't help yourself but to just do that, to be right, and to have to win the argument. Or maybe you have never experienced God's love in the first place. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online, and you know this is something you need and you know it's something you want, but you're just trying to figure out where do I start. I'll tell you where you start. We read just a moment ago, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 1.9 says, if I confess that sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. And although you can't go back and change the past, my friend, you can begin right now and make a brand new you don't have to leave this place the same. You can be changed by the power of Jesus Christ in your life. We went to Ash Cave yesterday. We're just trying to hit all the fun stuff while Jessica's here. And I was wearing my Capital City Church shirt, so you know I was being a good boy. <laughs> and a lady stopped me and said, oh, is, that, is that your church? Yeah. Where are you from? Columbus. I said, I, I passed her there. Really? And she said something very interesting. I love this question. It really just boiled it down. I knew exactly what she was saying. She said, is it evangelistic? Is it evangelical church? I said, yes, it is. You know what she asked me? Do you preach Jesus? Do you let people know that Jesus can change them and, and, and forgive them and make them new? I said, yes, sir. And she just smiled. She just smiled and said, that's so good. I love that. I said, well, where are you from? I was going to invite her to church. She said, well, I'm from Cleveland. I'm inviting a friend. I said, well, where's she from? Well, she's from Lancaster. I said, well, we have churches down there, but y'all can come anytime you want. Amen? I'm scanning the church to see if they might be here today. Amen? <laughs> but I invited them because we want people to know about Jesus. We want you to know that Jesus loves you so much that he gave everything. He gave his life for you. Look what it says in 1 John. I'll put it up on the screen for you. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is 
love. Did you know that? You, God is love. God's not a mean ogre standing over you with a ball bat waiting for, for you to mess up so he can hit you upside the head. No, no. God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, you can put your name right there, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only son into the world that he might live through him, that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Wow. Would you just for a moment, just bow your heads. Would you do that for me? I'm not going to, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just, I just want to say, if there's anyone here this morning, and all heads are bowed, no one looking around, if there's one, anyone here this morning that says, Pastor, I, I want that. I, I want Jesus in my life. I, I want him to change me. I want him to make me new. If there's anyone like that in the room, here's what I want you to do. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I just want you to look up and make eye contact with me and look back down. Would you do that? As I scan this room, just look up and say, yes, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Thank you. God bless you. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? I'm coming back over this way. Amen. Yes. Over here on my left. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. Yes. Yes, I see you. Yes. If you're online, this is real. And if you're sitting there and you want it, I want you to know God loves you so much. And he could save you right there where you're sitting, right there where you are. You might be asking, how? How do I do that? It's very simple. You just confess, just like I did, just like many people in this room did. God, I messed up. I'm sorry. I know I disappointed you. And that wasn't, maybe it wasn't even your intention, but it just, it just happened. And you just say, God, I, I give it to you. I ask you to forgive me. Make me new. The best way I know how, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to turn my life over to you. And just pray this, Jesus. Come into my life and make me a new person. In the best way I know how, I ask you to change me from the inside out. Just say that to the Lord. In your own words, just say it. There's nothing magical about the words. It's the attitude of the heart. Just give him your heart. That's what we say. Just, just give him your heart. Give him yourself. I, I, give, I give you my heart. And Lord, right now, all across this room, people are praying that prayer. And online, people are praying that prayer. And I know, Lord, you said that if we ask, if we confess with our mouth, you will change us and make us new. And right now, Lord, we confess to you and we ask you to change us. And I'm thanking you, Lord, right now that all across this room and online, those that are praying this prayer, you are doing a work in them that shall never, never die. You're just the one who will change them from the inside out. And I thank you for that right now. And I want to tell you right now, if you're praying that prayer, I want to tell you something. Two words that I say all the time. It's real. It's real. So accept it. Accept Jesus as your personal Savior. And let him be the one who is the Lord of your life. Right now. Accept him. So Jesus, right now, we thank you for the change that's happening in the hearts. 
doesn't have to be a big emotional time. It's a matter of fact moment. You didn't say if you stand up and shout and holler and sing, I'll forgive. No, you just said if I confess, you will forgive. So in this quiet moment, we give our lives to you. Change us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. My hope and prayer that every one of you that looked forward prayed that prayer. And if you did and meant it in your heart, the Bible says that you are now a part of the family of God. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Come on, church. That's right. I can't hold you back. Come on. And I want you to know two things. Less important, but important to me, I love you. More important than that, God loves you. And he is going to be your help and your hope from this point forward. Amen. And I want you to know if you're a first-time guest, I got really excited and, 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 and I preached a little bit longer than normal. So, you know, I just love Jesus. I love you. But I want you to know that it's going to be worth it because we got cupcakes for you. I mean, come on. Cupcakes. Gourmet cupcakes. All right? So I want you to know that is really important. Pastor David, would you just stand and turn around and just wave at everybody? Pastor David will be back at the Welcome Center after church. If you prayed that prayer and accepted Jesus into your life, he would like to meet with you. He's got a gift he'd like to give you. Just say, I prayed that prayer, and we'll take it from there, all right? We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. He just wants to meet you. We want to know that. You can put it on your card right there, your communication card. If you're a first-time guest, that's, that's all we ask. Just put that in. We're not asking you to put any uh, money in there. I know you didn't come prepared to give this. This service is our gift to you. We're just glad you're here. This is a time when those who call Capital City Church their home, when they want to bless the church. So we're going to ask the ushers to come at this time. And Pastor Crystal is going to come, and she's going to bless the offering, and she has a couple things uh, to do. Uh, make sure you put your card in the offering, because I think you have a drawing maybe or something. We're going we're to give some stuff away. Come on. When's the last time you went to church and they gave you something huh, before you left? So we just want to bless you. We're so excited for you to be here, and uh, God is great. Come on, can we give God a big old praise right now again one more time? Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray over the offering. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the gifts that you give us every day, and we just use this opportunity to give back to you. I pray that you'll bless everyone who's able to do that, and even those that can't, Lord, and that you'll just give us a, a blessed day in you. In your name we pray, amen. As they are taking the offering, uh, first Sunday is always a lots of fun, and we that's on purpose, because we believe that being a Christian is very fun. <laughs> and so today, we've got ladies going to uh, serve the cupcakes in just a minute. And when I say gourmet cupcakes, oh my goodness, we've got root beer cupcakes. Okay, I'm a big root beer fan, so yes. Strawberry, and I think there's like a banana split or something, or yeah. So there's some different kinds. <laughs> and so when you go up to there, uh, they'll make sure that you get the kind you want. Parents. If you, as soon as offering is over, if you could please go get your kids because all, the, all of our kids workers want to come in. Because as we're enjoying cupcakes, we're also going to be doing some gift card drawings. If you're 18 or over, put a card in, the communication card in the offering and we will choose from those cards. You must be present to win. 
and we have a free t-shirts and gift cards to give out. Um, very important, they have to know how many to plan for for the 55 plus Italian dinner that's this Friday night. There is a sign-up sheet at the info center right back there. Please sign that if you're coming, okay? Because if they get 60 people and they've only prepared for 20, that's not a, that's not a good thing, right? So please sign up for that. And then we are just gonna dismiss for just a moment. Parents, if you'll go get your kids and then come back in for a cupcake, the drawings will start in about five minutes. Here we go, see you soon.